Hello and welcome to The Paper Crane, a podcast brought to you by Codes in the Clouds and a misspent youth productions. We are Codes in the Clouds. I'm Stephen. I'm Jack. I'm Joe. And I'm Kieran. And this week, our guests are the Mercury-nominated brilliant band, Go-Go Penguin. We thought they would be the perfect first guest for this podcast and that's not my excuse for us being late we've got we've got i know i know at the end of last year we said we would be back in the spring and it is definitely now the summer but as i said last week we underestimated a lot of things one how long our album was going to take i mean and, and we're still working on it to be fair but also, yeah, we didn't realise how many people would say no to doing the podcast. <laughs> Why are we surprised? We're actually bucking the trend. Like we've, Most people were using, for a long time, the pandemic as an excuse for being late. We've decided Ooh. to wait until all of that's done and then be really lazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, use, and have some other excuse for being late. We've also waited until people are allowed to leave the house to ask them if they want to have another Zoom meeting with a bunch of... <laughs> That's Unwashed true. band uh, members. Hence all those no's. But a lot of people have said yes as well. We've got some really, really good guests. No, exactly. Our, 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 and also, in the interest of honesty, our intention at the moment, because you know I'd like to be honest to, to you guys. Is he gonna, also, he's going to stop him. He's going to do another deadline here, I'm going to do another light. Yeah, well, I'm going to say the plan is just to run until the end of this year. <laughs> That's the plan. Have you counted how many weeks there are between now and the end of this year? Just, yeah, the just... moment... I mean, it's looking rough. It's looking Joe rough around believes all the time. himself to work best when there's a deadline, and it's this bullshit incentive that has held us back Mate. as a band over the years. I tell you what, what's annoying because we can tell you that we've got some brilliant guests coming up on this run of shows. What's annoying is that we've got three, three genuinely A-list guests who have said yes, but we haven't recorded yet. So. I, I don't want to say who they are, just in case they then pull out. But it is annoying, because they're, they're the kind of names you'd like to promote a yeah. podcast with. <laughs> Irritating. We've got some, I would say, A-list as well. So in, in our eyes, certainly. Yes, and crucially, as we said last week, these are people that we find interesting, that we're genuine fans of, and we know that you're going to find interesting and love too. But this week, our guests are the brilliant Gogo Penguin, who have a new EP coming out called Between Two Waves. And Kieran and I got an advanced copy because we oh are part of the media elite. In the biz. Never sure felt did. so important in my life. We are in. We got sent a press release, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had to read it before chatting to the Mercury nominated band. It was nice reading a, a press release that speaks about a band in the same way that our press releases do where you don't feel like the band are entirely comfortable with it (laughs) no i tell you what a good chunk of that press release was about the pedals that they were using (laughs) (laughs) which which i didn't mind so i tell you what uh for context uh this interview begins with um a chat about uh football we recorded this in april this conversation so the the premier league season was still ongoing but don't let that put you off if you don't like football we do do a lot of very geeky synth chat that <laughs> kieran absolutely loves we also talk about what it's like uh, writing during the pandemic writing with a new band member and so much more we'll be back at the end of this conversation enjoy our little moaning about sean Dyche or whatever we were talking about <laughs> Well, how, well, how are you feeling then this season? Are you sad about Bielsa still? I am sad about Bielsa. I didn't think it was the right move to make. Um, mm. 
Um, and it was considering what he brought to the club and everything that he did for Leeds. It's a real shame the way it ended. Mm. But um, you know, I think they're going to steer clear of relegation. Um, well, Touchwood. And yeah, um, <laughs> I, I do like I like the cut of uh, Jesse Marsh's jib. I, I yeah, like, I like him. Yeah, I think he he seems good. So. You know, it's all right. I mean, every every team yeah. is sacking their managers this season. Like we've done it. Mm. Uh, like Burnley just did it with Sean Dyche. It's the new Mad in thing. Shock. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it's a new in thing, and I also think the Sean Dyche thing. Sorry about this, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to music in a yeah. bit. <laughs> uh, the Sean Dyche thing as well. I mean, from from where I'm standing, that seems like a huge mistake. But you know, Burn, oh, Burnley can do shit. what they like. I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you crack on, lads. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, guys. First of all, uh, I've really enjoyed the new EP. It's cool, wicked. Yeah, how's it's absolutely brilliant? How's it feel? Uh, you know, coming back uh, with a new lineup. Uh, frankly, well, just after a global catastrophe, how was that for you guys? <laughs> um, I can't say that twenty twenty one was the best year for anyone. <laughs> right, anyone for in reasons, the yeah. in the Go Go Penguin camp for sure. per- personal reasons and professional reasons. It was all a bit, you know, it is what it is, but. It's happened now, and we're sort of moving into a nice new phase, and and we're really happy with the EP and how it's come out, and yeah, and we're starting to work on new stuff, and we're happy with the, how that's going so far. So it's all good. It's one of the best things, isn't it? Just like actually making music again, like being in a room together and playing some tunes, and absolutely, yeah, and and doing gigs. You know, we're, know. we've been saying to a few people, it's like just getting back in a room with a load of humans and. Yeah, you know, all enjoying it and like because everyone seems like they're clearly well up for it again. And yeah, so yeah, that's been really good. Yeah, yeah, there is there is a, a nice energy sort of around sort of live music at the moment. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, hopefully we can cling on to that. Hopefully people are just sort of desperate to sort of hug each other for the next ten years or whatever. Yeah. yeah. But, um, <laughs> how how was it getting uh, getting John in like at that point? Like, so when did when did John actually, when did John actually join the band? Uh, it was around autumn last year, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, things are before we announced it. Obviously, things we weren't going to work out with Rob, and he wanted to go off and do whatever he's doing. So we'd sort of like once we'd started thinking about what what we're going to do, and at one point we didn't know if we we're going to carry on as Go Go Penguin. We we really didn't know what we we were doing. Mm. It was it was pretty catastrophic times. Um, once we'd figured it out, we'd sort of, I'd met John maybe, I don't know, 15, 16 years ago or something like, um, we were, we did some gigs together and I always liked his playing, but, um, I did think he was sort of really entrenched in that straight ahead jazz world and maybe he wouldn't be that up for doing this, but we, we banded a few names about and John was one that came up and I thought, well, I did always like his playing, so maybe we'll see if he's interested. And Chris had never met him before, but I, you know, found a video on YouTube and... As soon as he sent stuff over, yeah. like, you know, Nick sent some bits over and just said, you know, this is someone who, who I, I know from way back, but, you know, have a check out of it. And it was just great what he was doing. It's like, it felt, you know, very different to what we've done uh, before John had joined us, but... He was clearly doing something where he'd got like a lot of influences and was kind of drawing from all of them, and you know it's uh, that's that's kind of what you know what we're doing. That's what we want, and it's nice to have those. The thought of getting another person in who's got another set of influences that we can, you know, add to the pot and 
Um, and he fit in straight away, didn't he? I mean, we're always, mm. you know, I'm sure you, you guys know, it's like part of being a band, you'd take the mick out of each other and all have a laugh and whatever. And, <laughs> you know, we just gave John, you know, it, it was like he'd been with us forever. We just gave him loads as soon as he joined and, and he took it, you know, it was great. Yeah. Like, and, and he gives it. So, you know, it was, it, it felt like he was part of the team immediately. And, um, I yeah. mean, bullying the new members always crucial, <laughs> crucial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. especially yeah. if they're a drummer <laughs> yeah exactly and there's loads of there's loads of in jokes and stuff that all bands mm. have that we yeah. haven't you know we we haven't gone back oh well this happened 10 years ago so now we're gonna explain it so he's just kind of probably doesn't know what we're on about <laughs> <laughs> right. but he's going along with it yeah, yeah he's just like whatever fair enough <laughs> no sure because yeah because yeah, because we, we talked when we spoke with um uh, Hazel from Lanterns on the Lake. We talked to her about sort of you know changing lineups, and, and you know we've done it before. Mm. And you know outside of like the whole emotional element of it, because it because you know it's like it's a friend going off, and it is it can feel quite uh, hurtful. Well, it's it's hard to it's avoid worse that. Than a breakup. It's worse than a breakup with a girlfriend. It is. Yeah. It's 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 complete because it's completely <laughs> different when you're in a band with someone, isn't it? Um, yeah. But so obviously, obviously, you know, we've done that, and it like. But for us, I think you know outside of like the emotional side of thing, it was just a massive pain in the ass. But it did it did open up these new avenues of creativity. Is that yeah. is that what it was for you? Did it feel like a, a refreshing thing, or was it a hindrance at first? A massively refreshing thing. Yeah. Um, Completely, yeah. It just got it, it sort of got to a point where I don't think anyone was particularly happy, including Rob, and it was just not mm. not working in in the way that anybody could move forwards with. And I think we all really looked at trying to sort it out but it was mm. just evident like after a lot of and trying on everyone's part that it would be best if we we kind of went our separate ways and since we decided that and i'm sure rob's doing his own thing and it's working out well for him because he's a good musician but mm. for us it's it's really sort of like yeah straight away me and chris had started connecting a lot over well since basically yeah. Yeah. i mean he's he's much further down the line than I am, but I like <laughs> just some of the stuff that Do you some mean of the further, s- further down the line in debt, that as well. It's all right, you'll get there. I it's know it's exactly all... how that feels. <laughs> yeah. I've got sins all around me. Yeah, yeah. It's too much. When, we, when we were sent your press release and you were talking about these pedals, I was like, Oh, Kieran's gonna buy some stuff now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's in trouble. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's just like you know, we it started to really just branch into new things that we probably wouldn't mm-hmm. have done before and, and that's not just saying that rob would it's he would have been like no we're not doing it it's just opened up a new lease of life for for us too yeah. and, and then now with john so yeah it's, I mean, it's um, obviously like a lot of your older records were well the newer ones were quite heavily electronic based mm. so does that mean with like john joining the band now that might be less so or is that why you've gone and bought loads of new synths <laughs> no well like weirdly like the, uh, the the sort of later albums they they have a lot of that in there but a lot of it was done using the instruments so it's like some processing right. like the piano and things like that it's very there's very little in terms of actual synths and things on on a lot of those records but what we're trying to do now is find ways of just incorporating some of those elements that are that are different and not like having to go can we do it on the piano can we do it on the bass can we do it on the drums mm. but um weirdly in turn i mean that's kind of like enabling us to find new ways of doing that so you know with the piano instead of looking at um kind of some of the pedals and things that we've been using we've now used something that was like this palm mute pedal that had been developed for me by this guy in denmark and it's actually completely acoustic but it sounds way more electronic in some ways than 
a lot of the stuff we did with pedals and things like that. So oh, wow. it's kind of these weird like elements that we've had this opportunity now to kind of add and and uh, this space to sort of add. But strangely, it's kind of I don't know. I mean, like the, there's a module I'm using called Rings, uh, a Eurorack module that sounds kind of almost a bit acoustic in a way, doesn't it? It's, oh, like it's beautiful. Weirdly, it's... somewhere between the piano and the oh, bass, wow. so it's found its own little space in it. And it is electronic, but it doesn't feel too much like it's it's like we're just whacking a synth on top of stuff. It's kind of like another player has joined somehow. And, uh, oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's kind of mad. It's like it's, it's a little bit of what we'd always wanted to try and do. And, you know, it's there's always, you know, you've got to do it when it's right, haven't you? You've got to find the, the moment mm. where it feels like it's not just artificial and it's not being forced and... Um, yeah, so yeah, we're sort of mindful of not just trying to shoehorn all this yeah, sort exactly. of stuff in because we sure. we bought it, you know. We've been we've been we've been guilty. We've, <laughs> yeah. It's like well, you spent like you spent all this much money on it, yeah. so you have to use yeah. it somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there are moments where maybe we've done that, but, <laughs> but <laughs> hey, nobody's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but. Um, no, it, it's just that. That's what I mean about like. I, well, I started getting interested in since pretty much because Chris was so buzzed about it, and it, I was so mm. was like, wow, yeah. And so I've got the Mo grandmother, and I love it. It's great. Oh, it's amazing. It's ab- that yeah, it, it, pretty much. It seems like so user friendly. Whatever you do, even if you don't know what you're doing, you get a good sound out of it. But things like the modular stuff, like rings and, and stuff, that that's kind of blown my mind because my sort of preconception of what synths could do i didn't know that they could sound like some mm. beautiful mm. like harp like instrument that that can that the sounds that that can make and the way that we've started to incorporate it into the new music it's just really exciting so yeah i mean i'm a massive fan of those euro racks like the clouds yeah modular yeah and rings and yeah it's so like so so i'm a guitarist is what my first instrument is hence the background but how does it how does it feel being without sounding weird a great pianist great double bass player and then having to just learn some new instruments that you've never <laughs> touched before is it frustrating well or is it i was saying to you the other week or... wasn't i it's a combination of like absolutely awesome and just a pain in the ass because it's like it, I've, I've, <laughs> i feel like you know I've, I've learned to the point where i used to do quite a lot of teaching with piano and mm. you know i think that in turn it teaches you a lot about yourself and the way you approach the instrument and the way you can kind of learn new things and then I'm trying to learn some of this modular stuff, and I've you know I've got a decent understanding of synths, but this is new, and the way we're using it, it's like, you know, I'm thinking, oh, I'll go and see if someone's done something interesting with like the Streger or uh, you know like rings or whatever, and it's like everyone you know, really knowledgeable people, but just making like techno and things, and it's like that's really not anywhere never close. go on youtube to watch the demo yeah. that's, that's the rule yeah. yeah and i'm just trying i'm trying to like think back like how would i if i was teaching this to someone how would i approach it and it, and it's just it is an unknown it's difficult it's not like teaching the piano where i've spent my life with that it's like there's a lot of unknowns and a lot of uh difficulties in like trying to work out how do i learn this thing that somehow feels similar and familiar but also is just completely mad and different and Mm. Um, so it's really fun though I mean, I mean it's got a keyboard you look at it and it's got a keyboard so you must know how to do well, it well the, the Eurorack <laughs> all my Eurorack gear doesn't that's the problem <laughs> yeah, of course yeah yeah, yeah, true, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like so. okay how do I use that as a keyboard player but you know at the same time maybe it's cool not having a keyboard maybe that's going to bring something different and so it's, it's cool because it's, it's experimenting it's like it, it does feel mm. brand new in a lot of ways but 
it, it does get frustrating. But that's part of the journey, isn't it? You know, it's like it's uh, if it was just easy, you know, we like you like you've said many times, we never make it easy for ourselves. So you know, it's part of the fun. Sure. I think that kind of challenge. So. Um, it yeah. is it's when you get into that murky world of getting into like forums though in it like like talk bit <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just, murky isn't yeah, it yeah it's oh man and, and you're there trying to assess whether you want to buy some bass pedal on the opinion of some guy from Cincinnati or something and you're like <laughs> yeah. and you're like you're like and he's like going well it doesn't do this because that's how I imagine he talks. Yeah, that's the Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, man, it doesn't do this. It's more like that. Perfect. Yeah, there we go. That's Cincinnati down. You're not going to Cincinnati anytime soon, are you guys? Not, not now. <laughs> I apologise to all the people listening from Cincinnati. But you know what I mean when you get on talk base or whatever you know the synth equivalent of that is, and you just like, oh, I, I, I think I need to know about this, but. I'm having to read all this nonsense. Of, you know, <laughs> well, they're, all, they're all just trying to out-nerd each yeah. other. That's the problem. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so why? I don't know. Yeah. It's the old Twitter argument. Why bother? Why are they bothering? To <laughs> yeah. Fuck? They're, they're so passionate about it and they believe in what they're saying so much, but it's just a pedal. Yeah. yeah. So like, don't worry about it. Well, actually, going back to the pedal, because the palm, the palm mute pedal fascinates me. Because cause it was like grow, if you grow up listening to... Green Day. That's what I think of when I think of palm muting, the muting the power chord <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So, like, so how, how did how did that come about? I'm fascinated by it. And what exactly does the palm mute pedal do? Is it, is it make that sort of effect on the piano strings? So the, there's a few of our tracks that I'd done a similar effect on before, but mm. literally just physically using my palm to mute the strings in the piano. Right. And then I gradually sort of developed that where I'd start using bits of gaffer tape and things because the problem I, with... I saw you, did you do that on the um, the Tiny Desk concert? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, so yeah. The idea behind that was... I, I, I want to say, though, it started with Kitchen Roll. It did, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Kitchen yeah. Roll on the strings. Kitchen Roll on the yeah. strings. And <laughs> Love that. Yeah. The, the problem with all those things was I, I had to use one hand to hold it on the strings or I had to use just mm, my hand on the strings and it was like, oh, I wonder if there's a way we can do it get the same effect but have both hands free and I can keep them you know to play on the keys and mm. so we started using gaffer tape and then this guy got in touch who'd seen me do some of that stuff and Nils Fram doing some similar things as well mm. and he'd built this pedal and it's it's incredible but absolutely mad I mean it's like it's it's you know it goes across the entire sides of the piano over the top it's got this whole mechanism completely physical mechanism nothing electronic that basically lowers a, a set of mutes that you can position all over the strings. So you can go from a completely normal, open-sounding piano, and then suddenly it's like this... Like I say, it sounds electronic. It's weird. Yeah. It sounds like it's suddenly... Do you get control of which strings? Exactly, you yeah, yeah, yeah. You do? Wow. So like, on the... Uh, I'm trying to remember the actual titles because we had working titles for the right. EP. But no, on, uh, oh, yeah, wait, oh, we'll on, get to some titles yeah, in a bit, oh, yeah. don't worry. So on, uh, don't, don't use the working titles. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on, uh, on Wave... Our, uh, our, new, our new album's working titles are all football player names. Oh, right, right. yeah. yeah. So. It's, a be- it's better than labelling by dates. Well, yeah, you can actually remember the songs. Or, yeah. Wait, song one, two, three. It's a bit cleaner than ours. I was going to yeah. say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's hear the working title. Let's go. Well, the one that, the, for the track that we were going to say, it's not actually a, a, a bad title, but it was, it was originally called Kim Cheese. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> nice. I like that. Uh, that, got, that one's all right. Yeah. We went through a phase of that was our <laughs> yeah. studio lunch was 
grilled cheese toasties with a load of kimchi in there. Lovely. So, um, and we thought Kimchi's. we'd invented it and then found that like every hipster cafe everywhere makes kimchi yeah. already. So, so uh, yeah. <laughs> we thought we'd got something new going, but, but yeah. You so, can't be, you, there's no new hipster in 2022. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's not possible. <laughs> yeah, on that, on that track, we ended up like using this palm mute pedal, but leaving a lot of the bottom end open. And it was nice because you get like all the reverb off that, like the natural string reverb and it's just, yeah, it's a crazy bit of gear. So, unfortunately, it's not an ideal thing to use for touring yet. It was just a prototype. Like, this guy's developing right. it. He, 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 right. he found that, you know, as a lot of people did, they found they had more spare time and free time through lockdown. And he mm. used it to build this pedal. And um, and we foolishly rushed in there, just <laughs> immediately, <laughs> immediately wrote <laughs> some tracks where it was essential. It technically... <laughs> And now we've created a problem for ourselves. Yeah, it's like, yeah. are we going to play that on a gig? Uh, right, <laughs> I'm not really sure how. Because like, yeah. the problem is, it's not really adaptable to every different piano. It's still yeah, a prototype sure. and all you that. You built it so specifically right. for my piano at the studio. That was that was the, the one that we've right, got. It, it doesn't fit any other piano. So, yeah, it's a tricky one. But we've that's got... something I never think about. Of course, the pianists, you're you're very much... Re- that's like me turning up and borrowing a, a bass yeah. <laughs> at every venue I go to. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's uh most of the time it's really good like we're really lucky we get you know looked yeah. after and then other times you're thinking oh my god how are we going to get through this it's like there were, but that was you know years really? back we had a couple of occasions where there was one i remember in i forget the town but it was somewhere in ireland and we tried to lift the lid up on the piano to put the pickups in and the lid just nearly yeah. fell off and slid down the back <gasps> like the hinges weren't attached wow. properly and like, <laughs> You know, and I'm thinking, I'm going to die one day. I'm going to be inside there putting pickups on and this thing's going to come down on me. And, but, um, but yeah, it's pretty rare, but it's, it's kind of weird. You know, you you still have sure. to get used to it. Even a good piano, it's, it's somebody else's instrument and yeah. it doesn't feel the same. But And you're yeah. the only one Yeah, yeah. that's going to have this, yeah. that's yeah. Going to have this thing, right? So yeah. that's... Do you do you ever like you must find that like uh, like key tension must must vary a lot? Yeah, do you ever get like really heavy keys? You've got to really work out your fingers for and the stuff? weight of the keys. I mean, to be honest, I kind of prefer it like that because the sort of stuff oh, we right. play, I like it where I can really dig into it. But you know, it's mm. when it's a bit lighter, it feels. I know, I, I you know, this is different for a lot of people. I I originally came from classical background, and I know a lot mm. of people who'd probably prefer like a lighter touch and quite mellow. And I like it feels a bit heavier, but it's quite bright, and I can really mm. kind of dig into it and. But yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, it's different for everybody. But you know, I mean, we we did some gigs in Switzerland the other week, and it's quite nice. I've got to know the the guy who provides the pianos over there, because obviously it's quite a small country. Ooh. There's not yeah, a lot yeah. of guys providing uh, piano backline for gigs, but it's great because when he's on it, he's he's great. He knows what kind of music I play. He brings <laughs> yeah, the piano yeah. that he knows I'm going to like, and you know, feel quite spoiled. And then we'll go somewhere else, and it's like I don't know what I'm getting. It could be anything today. You know, it's <laughs> right, like, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No, do you have a fun. particular piano on your rider? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> on your technical yeah. rider? Yeah, don't always get it, but yeah, it's usually like mm. Yamaha C7. This is getting real. This is, we right. should get on the forums now. Where's the piano? No, I like it. Have you ever had like any uh, any tuning nightmares? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember one particular one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, yeah, it was difficult. The guy who was tuning... I just had like a little electronic guitar tuner and what looked like a pair of chopsticks oh, to uh, kind of mute the strings. <laughs> and me and Joe ended you, up. You looked pretty stressed that day. I've oh, got to it say. was a full-on yeah. day anyway, and you know, like tired mm. in the middle of touring, and and yeah. we're out at the front having to like delay doors just for a little bit so that me and Joe could oh, basically man. try and tune this piano. And 
Yeah, that was a bad one. But that that was no, that yeah. was your your horror story, wasn't it? Like I yeah. went before I started using a travel double bass with a removable neck and all that. Mm. I, I just had to rely on backline yeah. as well. <laughs> sure. And, uh, we had a really early gig. Well, not early, but early in our career trajectory, if you want to call it that, in 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 Be- in Belfast and uh, the the higher bass that you got. I mean, it was it was firewood at best. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe a fire would have gone. You know, you know what? I'm out. But. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was terrible. Like the 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 G were the G string was not even above the neck. It was just oh it was God. in mid air, <laughs> and it had like this homemade sort of pickup system using what looked like bulldog clips, and it was a deeply upsetting time. So we've all got a horror story, <laughs> yeah. haven't we? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, it happens. It happens. To, I remember. I have a clear memory of seeing Nils from about probably 10 11 years ago and this is when he would he would use two pianos on the stage right yeah um i can't remember what venue it was at but i won't name it anyway but uh yeah the two pianos were out of tune with each other oh, he, no. like i mean you know he played through it but yeah afterwards i think he said he felt like an animal in a zoo or something like that he yeah hated it so yeah it happens to everyone it even <laughs> yeah, happens yeah. to Nils from <laughs> <laughs> but um so obviously we've just come out of covid and everyone was separated and whatnot um uh, but were you guys were you guys able to remain sort of creative separately a little bit but yeah a i mean break well to hmm. be honest it, it it was a break i mean we hadn't had one like for quite a while before that it was definitely just you know touring straight into another album and that just cycled for a while so yeah weirdly it was like a, a bit of an opportunity right at the beginning at least you know there was like Okay, let's just stay at home, have some time with family, you know, get out mm. in the garden. It was good, decent weather, you know. So there was a, oh. a bit of that, just like enjoying some of that kind of time. But um, yeah, I mean, there was not that I want to bring the mood right down or anything, but there was a lot of you know pretty horrendous personal stuff. Like my mum got ill in twenty, well, twenty twenty or right in lockdown, and then passed away at the end of last year. So I was dealing with a lot of stuff, and mm. it was just not a time for music really so we kind of had a bit of a break didn't we from from all of it obviously sure. chris has got a young son and you know so oh. yeah so there's was, a lot uh, going off for our, for us sure. just a total reset of trying to get back back into it now yeah um, yeah my lad was born just before covid happened so i had oh, like wow. a couple of months we also moved house like bought a house and moved in at around that same time so it was Good. quite a full time mean. but then weirdly <laughs> like yeah going into that period where it was kind of like forced time off was actually really lucky for me because sure. you know, I've, I've ended up just watching my little boy grow. Uh, you know, he's nearly three now, but you know, it's been those couple of years that I just, wow, yeah. we would have just been plowing into more touring, which again, I, course, I love yeah. that lifestyle and you know, I'm really glad that we're back on it now, but you know, it's a couple of, of course, years. Because you've had to put three, part with three years with the child. Exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the amount of dads who, uh, yeah, there's people I know uh, who tour, you know, dads who go, oh, you'll just get the best sleep ever when you're back on the bus. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thinking, oh, I'm looking forward to it now, you know. Yeah. 
Have you um like is it going to be difficult for you going on tour? Is it or is it well not really an issue? Or I've been with my wife for a long time. I mean, we've been married about five years now. I think maybe six years this year. And like you know, but we've been together for a long time before that. And she's she's been with the band and seen us kind of develop. And she's very supportive. So I'm really lucky in that sense. And we've got family that aren't too far away. So we've got you know good support. But the hard thing is, I mean, even you know getting back to gigging now, you know, you can't help but miss the people that mean the most to you can't you you know so it's like mm. there's that strange of course, feeling yeah. of uh massively excited getting back on the road and getting out and playing some gigs and playing music and mm. being with these guys and you know we've got like some gigs we've been doing with the full crew again with like our guy who does monitors with his lee and and with joe and everybody on board and and uh we, we are trying to balance it a little bit yeah. more sensibly than we used to do i think i think around the time of man-made objects when that came out we were just on the road all the time and yeah. it, it it got to mm. the point where it was a bit silly, really. We pushed it too much, you know. Right. We're yeah. just absolutely knackered. You, you know when you've gone too, course, too far, yeah. you start getting Facebook messages off fans saying, you looked really tired tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Unfollow. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, there's a reason for that. It's because we haven't yeah. been at home for 200 days. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Would you ever consider bringing your son on tour for a few shows? I don't know or? about on tour. Like, I, I think I love the idea that you know you can fly out with Jen at some point, and uh, you know you could come and see a gig. And I've seen it like because mm. when we get all sorts of people at our gigs, all different ages, and I love like the occasions when we've seen parents with little kids and they have those ear defenders on. <laughs> it's like you know yeah, almost yeah. as big as their head, like on the side, and that you know I just I think it would be great that really cool experience. Yeah. I mean, you know I was introduced to music. Early, like my parents weren't musical, but they got me into music and listening to music and took me to shows. But you know, to think that I can hopefully do that for Luca and you know give him some mm. of that kind of experience, I'd, I'd be really into that definitely. Yeah. Sure. When I saw you guys at the Royal Albert Hall, there were there was a family behind us with kids with ear defense. Right. Yeah. And it was quite. It was very loud that show. Was it? I was just like, yeah. Right. I don't know how parents. It was pretty loud. Yeah. I was quite near the front though, so. <laughs> I don't know how it felt in the pit. The back. It was a very, very big room. Yeah, I was in the mosh pit. Nice, yeah. <laughs> Starting with the, uh, with the family. Yeah. <laughs> Elbows up. You got to let them know you're there. <laughs> I like that you even mentioned uh, that you like uh, your listeners to sort of take away what they want to take away from the music. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and do you think about that when you're coming up with your song titles? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we just don't like to be too explicit about like it's definitely about this because then you sort mm. of telling somebody you should think this mm. whereas mm. you know like i've done it with tons of songs and pieces of music where you make your own meaning to it or it, it mm. becomes once once we've made it it's it's out there for other people definitely. to yeah. do what they want with it <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. I, th- I think it makes more of a connection with people then doesn't it as well if you've got that kind of two-way thing where it's hard to do that when it's like you're not actually connecting with them. You're giving them something that doesn't, you know, it's like if it's a CD or something or even like, you know, even streaming it off Spotify or whatever, there's not that physical mm. connection there. But if you can allow that somehow to kind of somehow develop where they can make their own ideas, find their own reflection in it. But exactly. it's up to us to give them the, the opportunity to do that. So, yeah, I think we, we have tried to be at the same time, you know, we do try and like there's some hidden meanings in there. You know, we try and have a bit of fun sometimes. Of course, yeah. You know, it's all putting some personality into it. But again, I think if you do that, it helps people connect as well because there's, there's the, the human behind it, isn't it? Then there's the, the people that have made it, exactly. hopefully. So, yeah. I th- I, yeah, I think that's exactly it because it's like, it's regardless of what the emotion is yeah. that you're feeling. And, and like, forgive me if this is sickeningly pretentious or anything, but as long as. <laughs> 
It's like if you have those emotions though, and you're allowed to, you know, but you don't have to tell anyone. Yeah. But like, so what you're playing, you do, you mean it. You're feeling those things, and I think listeners can hear that, but they don't necessarily need to know what you're feeling. Yeah. Definitely. As long as it means something, and listeners can tell it's real, then I think that's when you have like the the emotional response to it. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Um. I won't. I won't. Uh, we. This won't make the end of it too weird. But what is the weirdest thing a fan has ever said to you regarding how they feel about? No, your music? We're, we're pretty lucky. Like, I mean, there's occasionally there's some fans that feel a little bit like you know a bit grippery where you're thinking, you know, am I getting watched? <laughs> you know, like when, right. like when, we're, when we're not on stage, are they still yeah. with us? You know, it's like, but you know, it's pretty rare. And I, I guess you guys have had one then. I mean, the fun, the bit, my favourite one. What one are you thinking of, Kieran? It's been quite a few. Mate. Well, the, my favourite one isn't weird. It's just it was just a, it's just a fun bit of Google Translate, and it's become a catchphrase for me, which was uh, someone had written in Japanese. Uh, I love listening to this music uh, with my headphones on. That was all it was. And then someone commented underneath it, and the, the Google Translate was just headphones, five capital letters. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's become my favourite thing now. Headphones. That's the charm. Um, <laughs> well, uh, well, totally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. I, love, I love headphones. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think I think well, it warrants five exclamation marks. But well, speaking of headphones, uh, what like what do you go? Do you guys listen to more music, or are you like uh, podcasts or audiobook people? Because for for me, because I I tend to listen to more podcasts and audiobooks and stuff. But every now and then, and this is a compliment coming up, so brace yourselves. Every now and then, like every like once a month or something, something will trigger that excitement in me again about music, and I'll fall into like a bit of a rabbit hole, and I'll, I'll just be I'll just be pumped, and I'll feel really creative and stuff. And that's what uh, your new EP did for me uh, the other day. Oh, nice. I ended up in this great Spotify rabbit hole, and I was listening to Hidden Orchestra, right, people yeah, yeah. people I'd never heard of, mm. um, and Anchor Song and stuff. So yeah, mm. so what what about you? Like what? If you listen to music, what's exciting you? Or like, do you listen to uh, audiobooks and podcasts? And if so, what ones? Well, I think it's kind of been the same for me. Um, I've been more on the sort of audiobook and uh, podcast trail recently. Mm. Um, especially like with all the stuff that went on last year, you know, quite emotional. Well, very emotional stuff, obviously. Um, mm. I didn't always feel like listening to music, so I'm only just coming back round to that. But I'm, I'm always right. on the search for new stuff, and it's it's sort of stagnated a bit recently. So it's sort of on the on the trail of new things to look mm. for. But so maybe more podcasts and stuff. Yeah, I think for me, it's it's more music at the moment. But I've been like I do quite a bit of the design, so like the covers for this EP and for each of the singles, I've been doing those and. Like, I. Oh, you designed them, did yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, they're great, but they're great. Oh, nice product. one, cheers. It, it was, it was like I, I loved doing design when I was back in school. Like uh, it was mm. only thing alongside music that was sort of like, oh, maybe I could do that when I'm older, sort of thing. But um, just too obsessed with playing the piano and like went down that road. But but it's always something I've tried to keep my hand in a little bit, and it's been nice with the band. You know, that I've been able to kind of keep that going. But but basically, I mean, that's like the time where I'll I'll get sat down at the computer and just put Spotify on, and then think of something that I like but then you know do the sort of radio thing or uh, discover weekly or whatever and just try and find new mm. stuff and like luckily I think because I've done that a few times in a row you know it starts to look at what I'm listening to and starts to recommend good stuff but 
every now and again then my wife gets on Spotify and you know she'll listen to some of her stuff and mess, never share an account mess up I the algorithms that's the problem is it like, <laughs> got to yeah. be careful with yeah. the algorithms they're precious <laughs> but it gives me some surprises along the way I'll be like I'm sure I wasn't listening to anything like this but you know um, but yeah so it's been nice kind of finding quite a bit of stuff just through that and um, mm. and then um, yeah like I, I don't know like some podcasts I get recommended some stuff but I tend to try and save it up for touring it's quite nice having that stuff for, right sure for on the road and yeah that was going to be my next question actually because like you guys uh, have the coveted position of making our, our tour playlists which is actually how I heard you guys for right. the first time through Kieran uh, banging you on uh, on playlists not not and not that interesting a story, I don't think. Kieran, how did you how did you first hear Coco Penguin? Well, I actually got into them like through my girlfriend. Um, her dad is a oh, jazz yeah. pianist. Uh, released quite a lot of um, records in the nineties on Ronnie Scott's label. Right, okay, so she got me into them because I love electronic music. Um, so people like Clark and. Like rival consoles who's on race yeah. tapes mm. with us and yeah so that album so like yeah I've, i know one of his albums it's um i just don't know what it's called is it sprawl or something like that have i made that up i don't know what it's called it's got one called howl howl that's it howl yeah, yeah that's, that's a good it. record incredible that yeah. record yeah um so she showed it to me thinking oh you do like a bit of jazz but you love electronic music so this might be up your street but her dad, for example, who's, as you mentioned earlier, very traditional jazz, very no electronics allowed, all acoustic instruments only, etc. Right. Um, but even he loved your music. All right, cool. Right. Um, so do you ever get that from people? Like, do you get traditional jazz fans moaning at you saying, <laughs> oh, this isn't right, this isn't right? Because <laughs> I don't want to slag all jazz fans off, obviously, but the hardcore jazz fans are quite hard to please. Not really to our faces, uh, to be honest. <laughs> but but we we I can guarantee that it goes on. Yeah. Of course it does, because mm. I've spent a lot of time with a lot of jazz musicians and I know what they're like and I know the can <laughs> I know exactly the kind of people you're talking about. So I'm sure there's a lot of resentment about it and stuff, but sometimes you get the flip side as well, like mm. you're saying about your girlfriend's dad who you wouldn't expect him to be into it and they are. Um, and I think one of the best examples of that was when we were playing at um, SF Jazz in San Francisco, so San Francisco Jazz, and it's yeah. like a real institution, all the big jazz guys play there, and it's great. Um, and there's a guy who sort of works there, I don't really know what he does, to be honest, but he, he, they're like, oh, we've listen, been listening to your album in the foyer, and it's great and stuff, and oh, my dad was a jazz musician. And it turns out his dad was Bobby Hutchinson, who was like a you know big blue note vibe <laughs> yeah, vibes yeah. player. And I was like, really? Like, I just wasn't. When we first went to America, I wasn't really sure how we'd be perceived or mm. accepted. You know, like these guys coming over from not only from England but from the north of England, trying to play our music or some variant uh, variant of it. We, you know, <laughs> I thought we might get kicked out out of the place, but. <laughs> I think they all recognise it's something different. You know, it has a bit of jazz, but it's something else. And, and so there's been a positive response to it. But mm. I don't doubt there are people, you know, on Jazz Kids going, oh, have you heard Go Go Penguin? Have you heard what they're doing now? Because that's, <laughs> yeah. that's how those yeah, guys talk. Yeah, no, exactly. I know that accent. Yeah. I knew exactly who you were talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, obviously you, you are jazz. There are a lot, a lot of mm. it is 
jazz in style uh, as well as electronic. But do you do you walk around calling yourself a jazz band? No. Yeah. Or do you do you just do you walk hate... around, walk in here, <laughs> call yourself <around>. jazz? <laughs> <laughs> or do you hate? Do you like? Do you ever genre yourself? Because we hate genre. No, we're mm. the same. Like I think. Well, we're just we're just a band, you know. We just play as a band, and because it's it's weird. I mean, you're definitely right. There's like a a, a heavy element of jazz is going to be in there because we're piano, bass, and drums in terms mm. of like the setup. That's like a typical jazz trio setup. But you know, we're adding anything we feel like we want to add to the music, and sometimes that's completely opposed to you know some of the ideas that you'd get within jazz. Sometimes it's closer to classical or electronic mm. or you know like I mean a load of the kind of type of style of chords that I like to play it's a lot of like fifths on fifths and like power chords and more I've never played guitar I'm terrible at guitar but it's more thinking like a guitarist at times you know in terms of like the way that I try mm. and play chords and another secret Green Day fan well yeah, yeah. Oh, I loved it <laughs> I, 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 used to, I used to play uh, uh, bass guitar uh, when I was a kid yeah. only so that I could be in a band and play like Green Day covers and Nirvana yeah. and everything because no one wanted a pianist you know I couldn't really play like <laughs> trying to play Teen Spirit on piano and it's like it's not quite the I guess if we all at for, least like, had that album was it Dookie Dookie yeah Dookie yeah 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 we can all come clean I love how you say it like you're trying to be cool I don't really know what it's called it might yeah. be called this. you knew what it was yeah. hey <laughs> I've seen them live <laughs> oh, oh yeah. okay <laughs> it's all coming out now I saw them live last week uh, yeah. <laughs> but like, so that being said about genre was it was it a big deal when you guys uh, signed with Blue Note yeah, did it, did it, like, yeah. that must have meant something obviously. yeah definitely absolutely yeah, yeah. That there's no yeah no doubt whatsoever it was huge for us mm. it was pretty mind-blowing really um because mm. things have been going we, we brought out v2.0 and things were going well with that but mm. the sort of level of attention all of a sudden that that, that it got and then they, they came to a gig we were doing in hamburg and it was all our manager was like, oh, Blue Note coming down, but it didn't really explain why we thought maybe it was for some kind of um, publishing thing, or I don't know what we thought. Sure. Just for a laugh. Just hanging out for a laugh. Yeah. Just for a laugh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> Anyway, so we met Don Was and stuff, and then when it all happened, it, it, it took a while to sink in, really. It just yeah. was, was pretty pretty monumental thing to happen i mean i'd um, always i'd always seen blue note as a as a traditional jazz label mm. talking about genres again mm. but then like one of my other favorite artists agnes obel yeah like, mm. she signed to them a couple of years ago and i was just like oh this is fine then they're not <laughs> yeah they're not snobby. it's not it's not a snobby jazz label it's fine it's no they, i mean they are trying to they were always really open with us and really they didn't say oh try and do anything like this they're always like be be as experimental as you want and stuff mm. like that um i think there was probably a bit of of a weight on us maybe because of that huge reputation of what it means to people but they were always mm. very forward thinking of what they asked of us I, th I think that's kind yeah. of the difficulty though isn't it mm. so when these things have built up over years and years and years to create such a an image you know people think of Bluno as that like you're saying it's the, the jazz label one of the jazz mm. labels so it's hard to then not think of that and you know, realise it's actually still very open-minded and they were up for, like Nick's saying, mm. they were up for us doing our thing and experimenting and, and they probably want, you know, a bit more of that, but it must be a pressure for them as well. There must be some degree of, their, you know, people expect a certain thing from them and, you of know, course, yeah. and mm. they're going to want to keep their listeners, they're going to want to keep people interested in the label. They can't just suddenly go totally, 
you know, left field and do something completely and utterly mad in case, you know, it rocks the boat too much. But, you know, sure. it's, uh, so I guess, you know, and it's the same for us, you know, we've had those labels since the beginning and, you know, we can't help it. You know, we did come from that point where we were like, we liked jazz, you know, I played piano. I was trying to find, like I was saying before, it's a bit of a joke, but, you know, it was difficult to be thinking, I want to be a pianist and I want to play in a band. Where can I do that? And jazz mm. was kind of the way in to do that because, you know, I didn't want to be a pop pianist and I love classical and I'd been working towards being a classical musician but realised I, I just wanted to be in a band. That was the key yeah. thing. So, But yeah. not like Rick Wake. Well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. the main thing. We keep talking about having a Rick Wakeman track as a walk-on. This isn't serious, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Is, yeah. it, is it journey to the centre of the earth? That's the word. Like, get the smoke yeah, machines yeah. out. And, yeah. and how do you follow it though? How do you follow? You can't, you can't, you can't open with the best song. <laughs> but um, so when when you guys first formed, like how quick how quickly uh, how quickly did it take to sort of like gain a following, or was it was it quite quickly, or um, you know, or did you because you obviously you know you're you're jazzy, but you're not necessarily in jazz so were you trying to were you playing in jazzy venues or was it a case of uh you know just try Basically, try it at the metal festival and see, see how you get you on have to, did you have to play at the red lion down the road yeah, the <laughs> yeah. we we did we did a lot of those gigs uh, early on definitely but it was a lot of friends who were organizing nights and things like that you know so mm. there was um and that was great that was definitely a good way of getting you know getting started and Early on, I mean, even now, you know, we go and play jazz festivals, you know, there's a lot of that kind of thing. But what's great is we've ended up being able to expand into the sort of place where we'll play, uh, you know, like we did Coachella a while ago, you know, and other festivals where it's kind of all sorts going on. You know, it's not just one thing. And and it's, you know, a bit like what we were discussing before, we get a lot of different people at the gigs and festivals are perfect for that when you're in that type Mm. of festival because the amount of times we've had people who, weren't there to see us they were just there for the festival but then like oh you know i saw you guys at coachella or whatever and it was great you know that i wouldn't have heard Mm. about you otherwise and you think you know we're really lucky we can do that and we can kind of fit into some of these places where it isn't just you're going to be at a jazz festival you're going to be at a jazz club or you know jazz venue and and the same with the venues you know we get to play like theaters that are um maybe more suited to classical and things like that and then Mm. we go and play dingy little basement clubs and, and everything in between and it's it's great fun for us. I mean, you know, I love all the different vibes that we get to play. Yeah, at. The, fact, it's, it's the fact that you're headlining Coco in in November, yeah, that's going to be fun. Yeah, I've seen. Oh, I've, only seen a rock, I've only ever been to rock band shows right. there. So. Yeah, yeah. I really love that venue. It's a as great well. one, isn't We've it? We've done yeah, it a couple of ta- yeah, yeah. times before, and then there was some question marks over the future of it and what it was going to yeah. become. So to to be coming back there, it's uh, I've always yeah, I've it's, always loved that one. Yeah, I'm looking that's forward. That's so exciting. Yeah, I saw today that the. Uh, the reopening is Arcade Fire. All right, yeah, okay, which is, which is quite a cool thing. Yeah, I think yeah. that was just announced this morning. Right, yeah. Oh, a nice small gig. A nice small gig. To go <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which would be lovely. But just to let you guys know, that Coco show is on my birthday. Oh, so nice. If right. We wanna, if, if we want to do something, I'm just <laughs> cool. And say so if you want to bring out a cake I'm, or anything. I'm just saying, or... I currently haven't got anything booked. I haven't got anything booked for the. I haven't got anything booked yet for the evening. So I mean, I'm happy to come on stage or something. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> you can spit some bars for you, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> or we can just recreate this conversation live. <laughs> Sack off the giggle. To yeah, just just sit in front of yeah, a live yeah, right. audience. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so like, so 
what's next then, guys? Is it, is it touring? And then when when will we see? Well, I mean, uh, as as we're talking, we're still a couple of months away from the release of your new record. But when's the next one out? <laughs> well, we're we're working on that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're mm. working on it. Chill out. Yeah, come on. <laughs> <It's recorded>. <laughs> <laughs> well, this studio, this studio you keep mentioning, and I, that you're sitting. Yes, in, do you own this studio? No, it, it's is... it's a space that we rent. Um, I think we took out a ten year lease on it. Didn't yeah, we? yeah. Wow, <laughs> but it's almost up. Yeah. <laughs> um, we, oh wow. Yeah, just we were always like try and get a space. Uh, I mean, it's more of a rehearsal space, but just a very nice rehearsal it was, space. It, it was just a shell originally. It's one of the mm. old sort of fabric mills in Manchester, and like down just down the oh, corridor wow. from us, there's people who set up photography studios, and you know, there's a bit of all sorts going on. But yeah, we just got it because it was like a massive, big, empty room, and then gradually built like a a place that we can record and and write and rehearse in and things. Just because. Oh, wow, okay. We, we realized we needed that sort of space you know we kept trying to just hustle anywhere we could get hold of to mm. you know like lugging the gear around and trying to play and we actually yeah. have a track called Hopopono. i don't know if you know that one yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but we've got uh the, the the video for it which is like a black and white thing of us playing in a room it's actually us playing in this space just before we built all of this yeah. oh wow so, uh, <laughs> um so yeah like i mean i say we um, <laughs> Joe, Joe, our sound engineer, did most of it, and yeah, then right. and then some. Prof- that is what he's paid for. You would have just immediately want to go into the Roy Keane. Of course, he's doing that. <laughs> so, what did you guys think of my Roy Keane impression? <laughs> it was it was really good. I'm, I was. I was the- I was genuinely shocked at how good it was in the moment. <laughs> you don't, did. Don't pretend you didn't prep that. <laughs> You're just waiting one day for this to come up. I saw someone do it on Twitter earlier in the day, and I thought, you know what? Now's the time to give it a go. <laughs> and it's the natural producer in you, Joe. You started and ended. You you bookended this thing with football. Thank chat. you so much for noticing that. Mm. Genuinely, because I wouldn't have left in that that beginning chat. I had no intention of leaving in that chat at the start <laughs> of the episode about football. But uh, you needed to get the Roy Keane thing in, so you needed some reason to go back to football. <laughs> it was football bread and a musical meat. <laughs> it was a really, it was a really good chat. I, I, I really wanted to be there, hanging out with you guys. Sounds like you've made new friends. Kieran, did you have fun chatting to Gogo Penguin? Uh, yeah, they've always been a. They've just been a band I've always admired, and seeing them at the Royal Albert Hall and then chatting to them on Zoom was a lovely, surreal experience. Yeah, it's one of the best things about this podcast, isn't it? Really, like yeah, we just get to chat to people we love. Well, speaking of you know, seeing someone from afar for a very long time and admiring for a long time, and then getting to chat to them on Zoom is exactly what we did for next week's show. This was a very big deal, massive, because... massive deal. If you're a fan of comedy, if you're a fan of great writers, and if you're a fan of Peep Show, which was a big deal in our formative years and on our tour bus, we got to chat to Izzy Sooty, and she is our guest next week, and she was brilliant. She was well, I, you know, actually, I've as got a some person, bones. She I've was some, brilliant. Yeah, I've got some bones to pick with uh, her internet connection. Yeah, as a person, she was fantastic. As someone that uh, deals with technology, I'm going to give her a 6 out of 10. (laughs) Because she had troubles with her internet, as you'll hear next week. But uh, that was a great chat. And we've got got so many good guests coming up on this series. So many guests. We've got a list of guests. We've got a list (laughs) of guests. 
next week, once again, it's me and Kieran. Yeah, I'm. I am sick. I'm <laughs> sick about this one. I was supposed to be on that chat. <laughs> you were. And you I were. was. I was. Well, I was really, really ill. You were genuinely sick. It's like you're saying though. Like this, this podcast is it, creating these chances to have these amazing conversations with people. Mm. Like the original point of it was to like record the interesting conversations that we have working as a band, right? Yeah. But it's just like made more opportunities to do that I've made a rule for myself like no gushing until after the interview yeah try and save it for the intros and outros (laughs) yeah it's a good rule to have I think as soon as we've said bye then I go oh just quickly I'm a massive fan I really love that that you did the intro and I'm doing just ruin any chance of there being a friendship after the show well I'm doing that a lot because of the calibre of guests we've got on this series no, exactly. But yeah, we've got we've got loads of loads of great guests. But as I say, yeah, next week is me and Kieran again chatting to Izzy City. But don't get too comfortable with old Joe. Kieran and Steve are taking the reins in a lot of the interviews coming up, aren't you guys? Uh, yeah. So we've also got like F to Clang, John Congleton coming up. Oh, Just another oh, bunch of heroes of ours. Oh my class. Goodness. John Congleton was a lovely, lovely man. Are you just saying that because that was the only interview? It was a particularly... <laughs> yeah, that's Jack desperately trying to say that. Yeah, I, I do about an equal amount of work on this show, I think. I'll just say it's a, really, it's a particularly professional episode, I thought. Um... A professional episode. Well, listeners, look forward to a very professional episode uh, coming up in a few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, OK, join us next week uh, when our guest is Izzy City and, you know, more of this sort of general rambling uh i've been joe power i'm steve i'm kieran and i'm jack and don't i haven't thought of one um and don't forget another six months uh pay paul no you've done that already (laughs) paypal what as in the pope yeah you did that already Okay, just uh, always surrounded by pictures I, of the Pope. Just think of anything that rhymes, rhymes with crane. Paping Tom's. Not a word. <laughs> <laughs> Fraser, Fraser Crane. Fraser Crane. That's you've, the outro. I think you've done that as well. <laughs> Have I done Fraser Crane? Yeah. <laughs> All right, fine. Niles Crane. See you later. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? To, you're happy with that? We're letting that go.